Now, I don't know if all this shit is true, but he's not somebody you want to fuck with. The day I met that man, he put the fear of the devil in my heart. Yeah. Who the fuck these niggas think they killing with? Got the ISIS flow, I've been killing shit. Got the ice in the snow, I've been whipping shit. Couple cars on the lot like a dealership. Yeah, letting nigga with an attitude. Came up off the block to up the avenue. Nigga play the nine that'll clap at you. A couple wild niggas in the squad that'll stab a few. This is what this is all about, some fucking pussy. If you don't shut the fuck up, I'ma pop you in your fucking knee. Where is Zio? Like I told you, you shoot me, and the whole city's gonna be fucking looking for you. Shut the fuck up! What's up, guys? Welcome back to Faded Truth. Today, I have another cast member from the upcoming movie Bully the Dead Don't Die dropping this Halloween. And today, I have Gene DiNapoli on the show. Also known as Uncle Gino, aka Mr. Entertainment. How you doing today? I'm good, and I gotta tell you, I know you're not Italian, but you all said my name perfectly. I, oh, I, I said it, I thought I butchered it. <laughs> no, you said it perfect. I have Italian people. They call me Gene Adinapoli, the nipplets, the stuff that comes out of people's mouths when they're live on camera is hysterical. <laughs> you did it great. Kudos to you. As the name states, I'm Uncle Gino, so I'm kind of like the patriarch, old-timer of the group. We're going to rob Santos. We're going to hit his club. His club? That's your fucking genius plan? You're going to hit his club? What's next? Liquor stores and check cashing joints? I mean, Vinny, I got to agree with Uncle Gino on this. It's low-level shit. We leave that for the fucking Moulinians and the Spaniels. Listen, I ain't got time for petty shit. I'm too busy. Hey! We're talking $1.5 million here, okay? How much? $1.5. What? Maybe more. All right, come on. Keep talking. You got my interest. You know, I'm too busy with everything I got going on. I got, you know, hijacking, loan sharking, gambling. Uh, so I don't go for this petty bullshit, you know, that's all small potatoes to me because I generate a lot of money for the the people that are around me. So when he comes up with this hitting a club, in my mind, it's a a $25,000, hit, and that's not what I'm into. I'm into the bigger stuff. Right. And then when he tells me what it could be, all right, uh, you piqued my interest. Keep talking. you're just in your hands are everywhere. You're, you're making money all types of ways, Uncle Gino. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, I'm the oldest one there. So I've been in this business for a long time. So, you know, I found out in, in by being at a business, I'd rather make 20% of 10 businesses than 50% of two businesses. So I get my hands in everything. And everybody comes to report to me uh, the end of the week. And we settle up, and then I divvy out to my guys. So I didn't even want to be at this meeting that you just. That you <laughs> you know. Wait, are are the glasses you're wearing in the scene the ones you're wearing now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if you wore them for the character. No, no, I, I I'm officially <laughs> blind. Uh, but uh, you'll. I was like, they fit him so well. Is that a beer? No, it's iced tea. It's iced oh. tea. But salute. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers anyway. Know. <laughs> to you and this wonderful podcast that you've had all my friends on so far, and yes, uh, now you got me. You, you, the, 
You saved the oldest for last, right? <laughs> Who's your right-hand man in Bully? I don't have a right hand. Everybody's under me. Okay. But I'm not as active as, you know, Solis or uh, Vinny. You know, I don't go out and do things every day. I'm I'm sitting back now and I'm reaping the rewards of the many years uh, that I put into the business. So uh, when I want something done, I trickle it down to Rob or Vinny and it gets done. What would you say is the biggest character difference between Gene and Uncle Gino? There really is no difference because... <laughs> Uh, I never had children, my wife and I, but we have a lot of nieces and nephews. So I'm, I'm Uncle Gene, uh, Uncle Gino to all of them. I grew up in the Bronx. I grew up in a household that was very influenced by the kind of people that are in this TV movie. Uh, so I grew up in this life. I grew up eating dinner with people that could pull a trigger as quick as they could cut a steak. I didn't go to acting school to become a New York Bronx Italian. I was raised that way. So as far as that, there is no stretch for me to play right. somebody of the street. Of course, I'm I'm not a murderer. You know, <laughs> so. Hey, well, we, you know. We're not going to okay. get that. Anyway. Gonna get into that. When I first saw you in that clip, because he sent me, you know, somebody originally, and I was like, who's that guy that reminds me of like Joe Pesci? And he was like, that's Uncle Gino. I'm like, I have to interview him. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. So uh, do you ever get that? You know, I get the big four, Pesci, De Niro, Pacino, and Andrew Dice Clay. The glasses, the hair. I'm I think you're, that's great that you're a combination of all four. You know, that's that's heavy shit. Yeah, but if I could just have the bank accounts of all four. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character in Bully? Like your own favorite character that you like watching? That you've seen so far? You know what? I got to tell you the truth. I know Rob Solis on a personal level. And he is so far different than the character he plays. So when I watch him, it really uh, gets me to look because here's a kid I know for close to 20 years uh, who is so not uh, loud. He's so not Gavonish. He's so not disrespectful, yet he plays it as if he was. So, so when he's on set, I just can't keep my eyes off him. Shout out to you, Salise. Yeah. With the capital S. Absolutely. <laughs> and do you have a favorite scene that you've seen so far? I know Alex is kind of keeping a lot of it hidden. Yeah. But. I do have a favorite scene. It's me and another guy working over another guy in uh, the basement of a restaurant. We got pretty close to actually connecting uh, with the guy in the chair. It was dark, and I, I came a little too close. Uh, <laughs> I felt bad for the guy, but, you know, <laughs> do that, it makes it more realistic. Right. You said how, you know, you didn't get into acting to play this Italian mobster guy because you kind of grew up like that. Right. So the roles that I've, that I've seen are a perfect murder. After lunch, don't study so hard. What? Just you wait and see. Make this one count. No need for introductions. You need to know something. What brings you here? The answer to that question will become one of Sin City's most salacious and infamous stories. Like right now? And that guy's, I'm assuming, Italian because he's got Tony the Ant Spilantro. Which was a real guy. Uh, you ever see the movie Casino? The character that Joe Pesci plays is that guy. They changed okay. it for the 
the movie, but that's the real guy. He was a short guy, and that's why they called him the ant, and he was a mass murderer and a very feared man. So the kingpin, the rise and fall of John Gotti, that's also an Italian guy role, right? Yes. And then you got into this one. So is there a character that you want to play that you haven't played yet, like a type of person? I do. I want to play a uh, English brain surgeon. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I thought you couldn't get any more interesting, Gene. I, uh, <laughs> Please tell me this concept. <laughs> well, you know, just to play something that's total opposite of of what I am or what I was raised at would be a stretch. Uh, I'm actually in a play, which when Broadway opens up and I play a veteran and I was never a veteran. I have mad respect for all our boys and girls past and present. And I said, how can I play a veteran? I was never a veteran. And he said, you know, Gene, you bring such passion to the role that people won't even know you are a veteran. So that's the first thing. And then, you know, uh, I, I hope for something in the future that could really tell me and my audience that I do have some great uh, capabilities because to play an Italian or play a singer or play a cop, look for a nun costume. Uh, maybe something kinky's going on around here. You know, maybe someone's wearing a nun costume and driving everybody crazy here. You, for example. It wasn't me. I have nothing to do with this. In my experience, murder's committed by real people, not ghosts. It's all the same. Uh, Right, you want to show them you're like diverse. Right, I want to show people that, you know, that that's why I did the Elvis for 35 years. Then I got into the regular music. You see my picture there. <laughs> then, I, then I got into the Blues Brothers, uh, which were right here. So it shows people that I'm not a one-trick pony. I do have uh, some talent. And to play something that's not my norm would make me very happy to show people, yeah, I got a little ability and we're going to run with it. So can we hear your English accent? Well, blimey, I don't know if I can. It's a joke. I'll never be able to play it. What the fuck, Gene? <laughs> You're supposed to have that ready. Well, he, he's an English brain surgeon from the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, hello. Hello, would you like me to shoot you in the head an hour later? <laughs> so you are the New York Elvis, right? For many years... Yes. this even came about like did you like Elvis as a kid how did this transpire I was an Elvis fan since I'm five years old and I used to practice every day after school in my room with a broom around my neck in front of my mother's mirror and then when I was 14 my uncle owned the restaurant in Yonkers New York and I went to see a singer up there and my uncle asked me to get up and sing a, a love song with him I turned around I looked at the band and I said do you guys know blue suede shoes and he goes, yeah. I said, well, I want to sing it. And I couldn't tell me no because my uncle owned the restaurant. And he goes, <laughs> uh, what key do you sing it in? And I said, what's a key? I didn't know what a key was. And he goes, sing the first line. So I sing the first line. And the guy goes, this is going to be good. Now, I'm 14 at the time. And I do three songs. And the money is getting thrown at me. 
And yeah. I, I think it's because I'm good. It's not because <laughs> I'm good. It's because my uncle owned the restaurant. My mother used to be the hat check girl. Uh, so I wound up making $400 uh, in 1980, 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. So I said, okay, this is a good life. So the next day, I come down in a bathrobe. And if you know opera singers, opera singers have bathrobes and they have a scarf around their neck, you know. And they, so I came down uh, from my bedroom because I thought I was a star. And my mother said, uh, can you throw out the garbage? And I looked at my mother and I said, after my breakfast, madame, and she <laughs> cold cocked me. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. The scarf went flying. I went down the steps. Uh, my mother knocked the ego out of me. The next day. Then I used to sing in hospitals and nursing homes and parks uh, for about a year or two uh, just to get my uh, act together. And then when I was 16 and a half, I did my first show uh, with a band and made wow. money and then decided this is where I want to be. And uh, this past March, I celebrated 40 years in show business. Wow. Yeah. What's your favorite Elvis song? Well, I got two. Uh, number one is uh, My Way, which uh, Elvis did everything his way. And the second one is a song called Burning Love, uh, which is a rock and roll song, which Elvis had a hit with when he was 37. He was already past what people considered his prime. He was an aging rock and roller. And it went to number two all over the country. So that showed the world that he could still rock. Can you sing us a little chorus? Lord Almighty, feel my temperature rising. Mm, higher and higher, it's burning through to my soul. Yeah. Girl, 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 you're going to set me on fire. That's all I could do. I had some. Yeah. Is there a specific show or time that stood out to you the most that you enjoyed throughout that, that 40 years of being Elvis? I did a series of shows in Memphis where Elvis was from and they were very well received. But the what, the reason they were well received, Angie, is because I never told people I was an Elvis impersonator or imitator. I never, I never wanted to be an impersonator. I always wanted to be Gene DiNapoli doing a tribute to Elvis. You know, I look nothing like the guy except for the sideburns, the hair and the jumpsuit. Uh, Elvis was a six foot two, gorgeous Southern man. I'm five foot six. I'm a chubby Italian. Nobody's going to look at me and say, oh my God, you look <laughs> like Elvis. But, but that's not what I strive to do. I strive to do a good tribute and a good show. And one thing that really uh, stuck in my mind is a few years ago, I got hired by Vanessa Williams. She's a beauty queen and an actress and a singer. And I got hired to play her daughter's birthday party. So at the end of the party, I walked up to her and I said, excuse me, Miss Williams, you know, you're obviously well-to-do. Uh, you could have hired any Elvis in the world. You could have hired a guy that looks just like him. Why did you hire me? And she said, uh, I called 10 agencies. And they said, if you want the best entertainer for an hour, there's nobody better than Gene DiNapoli. He's not the wow. Yeah, he's not the best look-alike or the best sound-alike, but no one could hold an audience for an hour. And I thought that was the greatest compliment I got. So that show really struck a, a chord with me. Uh, ten, ten people were rocking with you. That's ten crazy. Agencies, yeah. So I was very blessed. And, nice. You know, but if, like I said, if I lied and said, oh, I'm a look-alike or a sound-alike, then you get there and you're not that, 
it can right. backfire. So when people call me that don't know me, I say, go to my website. If you like what you see, then call me back. Right. And nine times out of 10, I get the gig. Right. Uh, I can sing. I'm very lucky. I can sing. Uh, my voice matured at 13 years old, so I could sing any It's range crazy, of though. How much has your voice changed in the last 40 years? Like None. None. None? I hit puberty at 12 and a half. But don't you think from fucking 14 to however old that it's like going to change at some point? Two things didn't change. My height and my <laughs> voice. Well, good. You don't need to get shorter. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to get taller. It's, <laughs> it's not working. Do you have uh, a special ritual that you do before you like get on stage or before you film? When I get on stage, I say a prayer that I do the best I can. And uh, that hopefully if somebody's there to judge me, they will say, okay, well, I'm not an Elvis fan, but I am a Gene DiNapoli fan. That's always my crowning thing that I want. I want people to like my show. As for acting, uh, <laughs> there's no preparation, you know. He's like, I just get out of bed and get on stage. That's, that's it. It's just, it's second nature to me. What's your favorite place to travel to perform? Like who gives you the most love? When I go to the Midwest, to the places that are not touristy, that are regular small town USA towns. I'm two things that they never see. They never see an Italian and they never see a New Yorker. So when, when I go on stage, I could be doing Elvis. Look, they're more interested as me, the person, because they're never going to see another Italian. You know, there's no Italians living in Arkansas, Kansas, so, right. <laughs> uh, there's no Italians like me. And then secondly, half these people will never make it to New York. I drove across the country from Jersey to Vegas. Yeah. And when I stopped in, uh, I don't know, I think we were like Oklahoma or something. It was me and my friend. And everyone just looked at us like we were crazy. I like, we stopped to get some pie. He's like, I think this is one of those cool places you, you get pie at. I said, no, this is one of the places you get killed at. Like, let's go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, the difference between me and you is, you could walk into a blind home and make people see because you're striking. You're, you're a lovely young lady. Thank you. You. you have you have three things that everybody aspires to have: beauty, brains, and talent. So you should consider yourself very lucky because you belong to an elite group. Oh, thank you so and much. I, I, I've I been really my, working on myself. I did I did my homework on you for the past couple of days. Oh, did you? Yes. So I know you're not a flash in the pan and you're not just going to make it because you're lovely. You're going to, or talent, you have all three. And, and I, in my own way, have all three. I have talent. I'm not the worst looking guy in the world. And I have a person. You don't have tits, Gene. These help a lot. Uh, I got tits, but they don't look like that. I love telling stories about my father. My father was a professional gambler for a living, traveled all over the world. Uh, one Monday, we had a million dollars in my house, and a month later, we were broke. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's a gambler's life. And people, friends of mine and people I just meet, they want to hear my stories. So that's why I started a podcast on Monday nights. I do that. I'm writing a right, book. So what's the podcast about? So we decided to do a show with celebrities, past and present, actors, singers, poets, sports figures, and just talk for an hour. I talk to people 
who had hits back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So it's on Facebook. It's called Reminiscing with Gene DiNapoli. It's on my YouTube channel, which is Gene DiNapoli. Mondays at 7. Mondays at 7. and we can Let's do an interview, Gene. You can interview me. I would be honored. Yes. I'd be honored for you to be on my show for an hour. So what is a an award or a competition that you've won out of your fucking thousand I saw on your website um, that you're most proud of? Well, in the Elvis world, I won first place in Michigan because it was actually judged by Elvis fans. You know, a lot of times they have a contest and they get the local DJ or a you know, fireman. They're not Elvis fans. So when I do a certain song and I do a move that Elvis did, a, a regular person isn't going to know what I did. But a fan knows. So back in 2000 and. Six, I think it was. I took first place among some pretty great guys. So that was my uh, biggest Elvis nice. award. Uh, two months ago, uh, I lost a very close friend of mine named Pepe Cardona, who had a number one hit in 1970 with his band Alive and Kicking. And uh, I was very close to Pepe. And I followed Pepe's example by doing for people that are less fortunate than you. So I do a lot of charity work because mm -hmm. I'm so blessed with our health and, and family. Uh, so last month, an organization out in Long Island called The Chapters gave me the first Pepe Cardona Humanitarian Award on behalf of all my charity work. So that was the most personal to me. It, it's always great to get an award for what you do as a living, but to get an award for what you do as a human being resonated more with me. Yeah, that's... When I was a kid, really I, nice. it is. When I was a kid, I did so many benefits. My mother called me Gene Benefits. Uh, <laughs> and so I, that was like a lifelong thing. Yeah, I, I always I always gravitated to people who are less fortunate or physical ailments. And I always thought it was my duty as a human to bring them a little joy and a little happiness, however I could do it. So, do you, you know, have any other hidden talents? I'm writing a book on my life, so hopefully okay. that'll be something. And we also have three shows coming out on streaming. One is a restaurant review show. One is a wine review show. And one is what's called the Wacky Genealogy of Gene DiNapoli, where I go back in history and recreate certain moments in history with myself in that moment. Wait, these um, are all shows that are coming out? They're all going to be out after the new year. We're, we're actually, we're writing them now. We're going to film next month. I'm um, trying to be in the food tasting and the wine tasting show. Like, let's well, do it. You don't have to be in it. You don't have to try. You don't be in it. The, uh, <laughs> the food show, the restaurant show is called Shut Up and Eat with Gene DiNapoli. It's a regular guy's look at restaurants. You know, I'm not a food critic. I'm not a chef. I don't go right. restaurants. I know what people want when they walk into a restaurant. They want cold water and warm butter, not warm water and cold butter. I, I, I just need good know. service. Like I remember yeah. service over everything because I'm a I bartended forever, so I yeah. know how to talk to people, and make money, and when I have bad service, I won't go back there. Right, and then we got a show called Wine Time with Gene DiNapoli, and then we got this show where we're going to do key moments in history. Uh, the one we wrote tonight is uh, Santa Claus got sick. And Mrs. Claus tells the elves they can't get a bonus, a 
because Santa Claus isn't going to deliver the presents. So the elves call me. I live in Italy, and I'm Saint Nicole, <laughs> and I go and I deliver the presents with my reindeer, Bruno, Carlo, Gino, Gino. <laughs> And You're so of, Italian. <laughs> instead of delivering presents, I deliver mozzarella, raviolis. Who are you doing this with? Well, uh, a, an agency out of Wyoming and Chicago named Foodie TV approached me to be a celebrity on their platforms. So we're doing the food-based stuff for them. And then the comedy show is going to be on a uh, platform called Street Beats which is on Roku, Hulu, Netflix, Apple. Uh, and they think I have, at 54 years old, they think I have what it takes to become a, a well-watched celebrity. So, <laughs> hey, I mean, you've been watched your whole life. Why not? Yeah, Why not keep yeah. it going? Well, congratulations to Thank everything. You. What's this movie that you're shooting this weekend with the guy from Goodfellas? It's a movie called Pumpkin Hole. And I play the father of Chris Cerrone, who played Henry Hill as a child in the movie Goodfellas. And I got three uh, three good scenes. The funny part is uh, I play a guy 25 years older, but Chris is only 10 years younger than me. But with the gray hair and Chris, you look young. We're going to pull it off. <laughs> so it's uh, it's going to be a good thing. And then we have a couple of other things happening. You know, with COVID, all the nightclubs and restaurants, there's no music. Uh, so the acting really took on a life of its own, and we're doing a lot. So you're also an ordained minister. I am. I'm an ordained minister. Okay, uh, wait. So are you are you dressing up as Elvis and also marrying people, or are you doing? Is it separate? It's both. I do non <laughs> non Elvis weddings. And this past Saturday, I just did a wedding as Elvis in Danbury, Connecticut, for two lovely people, Erin and Dennis. Uh, it was great. It was on the water. I had my Elvis uh, casual jumpsuit on, which was uh, red and black with rhinestones. And <laughs> you know, I say, uh, you know, uh, do you, Dennis, take uh, Erin and never treat her like a hound dog and always talk a hunk of burger love? You know, it's a happy thing. When you're in music or movies or a minister, it's always because of happiness and parties and special occasions. So I think that's why I love what I do. Because it's always around happiness. You have to surround yourself with happiness. Absolutely. You it, got, makes, you know, it makes every day just like easier, you know? You know, they say when you do what you love for a living, you never work a day in your life. But when True. you do what you love and what you love is happy, and there's no other greater reward. So do you have a specific thing that you do to like stay sane and stay happy? Music. Like listening to it or just performing yeah. Both, both. Okay. You know, with COVID, we the show stopped. So I did a couple of shows in my living room, which we streamed. Uh, one was for a charity called Visions, which helps blind people, and they wanted to raise a thousand dollars. We raised fifty seven hundred in nice. ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. I did another one for the Kiwanis of Long Island, who give presents to children at Christmas. Uh, we raised over three thousand dollars for them happy to give back. And that kept me sane through the past six months, but I'm dying to go back in front of people again. I am, I am so revved up. What is your best life advice or life motto? If you're going to be in show business, dance lessons, acting lessons, music, learn four instruments, and you will always work. 
You might not be a millionaire, but you'll always work. And just don't bite off more than you can chew. Uh, if you make $3,000 one week, don't go and buy a Maserati because the next week you might not make that $3,000 and you're going to go right, right back to a Hyundai. So, you know, yeah, entertainment's a hard industry. Yeah, it's a very hard industry. You can make a good living. Very few make it famous and become millionaires. But if you do what you love, you will never work a day in your life. And if you have a partner, whether it's a spouse or a partner, if they are behind you, there's no stopping you. If I'm married 22 years to a wonderful, wonderful girl, Ange, and I, I went out with my wife on a Friday and I proposed the next Saturday. Wow. Okay. And then I came down off my cloud and I said, okay, I got to talk to this girl serious. And my wife is an educated woman, a schooled woman. And I said, listen to me, Paulette. I said, maybe we shouldn't get married. So she said, why? I said, well, you're an educated girl. You should go out with a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, somebody that's always going to make money. I'm, a, I'm an entertainer. I make $300 one week, $3,000 the next. My life's a roller coaster. And my wife looked at me and said, I like roller coasters. And we've been married for 22 wonderful years. And no matter Aww. what, to know that when you do something, you have the, the love and respect and support of someone, it gives you that little extra power that you need uh, to say, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it as best I can. And if I'm a hit, good. But if I fail, I know my wife or my husband is beside me. Yeah. Money well, it's always nice to have a partner. Yes, money could always be made, always be made. But relationships and peace of mind is worth more than money. Peace of mind is my number one. There you go. <laughs> Where you got to live your life. All right, Gene. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, Ange. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to look for you as Uncle Gino in the upcoming movie, Bully the Dead, Don't Die. Stay tuned. And until next time, peace out. Uh, the block is hot. 400 degrees. G. Check the temperature. Respect is what we need. Ease up. Freeze up. You get left where you bleed. Jeez up. We up. We got next city streets. Uh.